Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. Rabbi Dr. Ruth Langer, who is Professor of Jewish Studies in the Theology Department at Boston College and Associate Director of its Center for Christian Jewish Learning. She received her PhD in Jewish Liturgy in 1994 and her rabbinic ordination in 1986 from Hebrew Union College, Jewish Institute of Religion in Cincinnati. She's a graduate of Bryn Mawr College and a native of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She writes and speaks in two major areas, primarily the development of Jewish liturgy and ritual and Christian Jewish relations. Dr. Langer, thank you for taking time. My pleasure. So to jump right in, um, how would you define the term piyut for those not familiar with it? Okay, so the word piyut is coming directly from the Greek poetas, which means poetry. So it is the poetry by which we ornament the liturgy. That's what we use the word for. Great. Why did so many Pew team end up in the traditional Ashkenazi liturgy around the Yamim Noraim, the, the, the high holidays, and not for other festivals and other Shabbatot? Well, the reality is, is that we originally had plenty of Pew team for every day that had anything to, to market as something special. And then around the 19th century, people, well, people were getting fed up with Pew team earlier than that. But around the 19th century, there was an impetus for change. And finally, uh, actually just before the 19th century, uh, the Vilna Gaon said, well, we should really only say the Putin for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The rest of them we can let go. And gradually, most of the Ashkenazi Jewish communities fell into line on that. Mm -hmm. Very nice. So you, you, you argue quite convincingly in your book, To Worship God Properly, uh, that many of the Pew team were added to the liturgy in Ashkenaz to add meaning to the service. And um, I wonder if you believe that these Pew team continue to be relevant today in 21st century America. The question is what relevance means. So if it's a Pew that everyone just sort of mumbles through so fast that they haven't figured out what it means, I have questions. But if it's a Pew that A, you have studied, and so you figured out what it means and you know what's coming at you, which is the ideal that most people don't reach, uh, then it has the potential of having relevance. And then there's another whole different level, which is the pew team that we sing. And so where there's a melody that we all know or a response that we can chime in on, then there's meaning in the experience of being in shul and enhancing the liturgy with this music and with this elaboration. And that I think ought to have meaning for us. It, it has, the has the potential to be enhancing our spirituality. Beautiful, beautiful. So to move from the, con from the, the more abstract to the concrete, 
Uh, my last question for you is, it, it, in order for us to get in the spirit of the holidays coming up, maybe you could share a little bit of one of your favorite of, of the High Holiday Pew team. You, yeah, you sent me this, this question in advance and I thought, well, I could answer with some of the standard things that everybody's going to answer. And I said, no, there's really one that's always stood out for me. And I need to reach and get the text. Um, and that's a text which I finally figured out why it stands out for me. And this is uh, Vaya Etayu, which is a, probably a very, very early piyut. It doesn't have any rhyme. It barely has a meter, doesn't really have a meter. Uh, it's just a simple alphabetical acrostic. And it talks about what, the, what other nations are going to be doing and that they're all also going to come worship God. And then there's the part that I prefer to think less about, which is that they're going to give up their own worship, but that it's part of this grand, glorious piece of, probably it was originally for Rosh Hashanah liturgy, I would guess, of God's sovereignty and God's sovereignty being recognized in the, in the best and loudest and most uh, um, fa fanciest possible way. And that's so wonderful that all the world wants to come and join us. And the reason that this poem, this piyut is uh, exciting to me always, um, Josh Jacobson, who was our Baal Tefillah at, at uh, our congregation for many, many years, had written a melody for it, which sounded just almost familiar. And then I realized that I grew up in my, in my former life, not living in Orthodox congregations, with a melody for this uh, that was sung probably year round, um, written to a translation of the poem done by Israel Zangwill in first published in 1904 in the British Chief Rabbi's Prayer Book. And that translation um, is what echoes in my ears. All the world shall come to serve thee and bless thy glorious name and thy righteousness triumphant, the islands shall acclaim. Yea, the people shall go seeking who knew thee not before. The ends of earth shall praise thee and tell thy greatness o'er. And that's with a, a not very interesting melody, but that's what was ingrained in me from my childhood. Mm. And I think that also that those childhood reflexes that we learn from hearing these things over and over and over again is part of also what makes Pew team important and meaningful to people. Love that. So with your permission, I'd like to ask one follow-up question. Um, yeah. So based on something you said, so you, you, you talked about how you thought less of the, of the dimension where, um, you know, different, different faiths will give up their private worship. Um, and yet also how it's powerful that in unity, we will kind of bless or sanctify God's name. So I understand like uh, in an interfaith context, which is a big part of your work as well, that we want to maintain the particularity of, of different groups, um, even if there's some you know, grandiose unity that brings us together. But I wonder, how do you think about that, about that within Klal Yisrael? Whether we call it a messianic vision or even just the future vision of what it means to kind of unite in sanctifying God, how do you think about within the Jewish people are uh, maintaining particularity? I think it's critical that we figure out a way to do that and to do that with, with, with care and respect for each other. Um, because otherwise, 
Jews are very good at being at each other's throats. Mm -hmm. We can be at each other's throats about whether we say this piyut or that piyut, about pikiyun things. Uh, within Klal Yisrael, we can be at each other's throats on uh, much larger issues. Mm -hmm. And yet we've got to figure out a way to listen to each other and support each other. Yeah, yeah. It seems to me like the two main issues of, that would prevent us, uh, I couldn't imagine how we even get past it, but the first is language. Um, those who pray in Hebrew and those who simply don't engage at all in Hebrew. And the second, of course, is the egalitarian issue. Um, those who it, it would be completely unacceptable to pray in a non-egalitarian environment and those who feel the opposite. And I don't know how we could ever get to a place where we could sanctify God's name together um, in sort of a prayer environment um, uh, and yet maintain those, those value commitments. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that we will be sanctifying God's name in the same room. Right. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah. But we can be sanctifying God. We can be sanctifying God's name at the same time. Right. I once went to, when one of my first trips to Israel, I went to the Kotel on Yom Kippur. And I had this really strong feeling of being in the center of the Jewish world, that everywhere, every Jew worldwide, it was a bit fictional, but was turning at that moment to where I was. And that's a sense of, of Klal Yisrael, that we're going to be wearing different clothes, we're going to be using different accents, different languages, maybe um, different kinds of liturgy, right? So you didn't even talk about Ashkenazi and Sephardi. Yes, right. Um, yeah. So we have, and so we have to have, with what the, the Kabbalists talked about of our different windows to God, mm -hmm. that, that the world was created with 12 different windows to God, and each community needs to pray through its own window. Mm. This was actually the Sephardi exiles from Spain. This was their justification for holding on to the Spanish and Portuguese rights. Yeah. When yeah. they came to North Africa and places like that. Beautiful. So to not, not to put these words in your mouth, but that unity can be conceptual or even mystical, not necessarily con concretized in, in the same room. Um, Correct, yeah. Hold on to our particularity, but we have a... Uh, and we have frameworks outside of prayer. In fact, the Pew team, if the Pew team are understood as poetry and not as tefillah necessarily, then there can be actually coming together around the study and, and recitation. And there's a whole revival of piyut going on in Israel now uh, with some people writing new piyut, writing new music for existing piyut, uh, trying to think, find ways now that Hebrew is a living language again to, to bring this tradition alive and to help it to bring it to, as a way also to enliven ritual life. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, you've inspired me to look back at these in the, in the, in the coming weeks because oftentimes I just skip over that part is not essential. Um, and I think actually there's a lot of beauty and power there. So, th so thank you so much. You're uh, welcome. You and your family, uh, Shana Tova. And to yours too, Shana Tova. <laughs>